0: Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we're starting on a secret project. Don't even, we didn't know what it was about before this. Mm-hmm. Um, the first book of Brandon Sanderson's uh, f- first of four secret projects, I guess. This one's called Tress of the Emerald Sea. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're about a third of the way through up to up to part four but before we get into it luke i've got to get us warmed up of course this warm-up is inspired by something that i saw this weekend went and saw alien alien like the movie the movie on 35 millimeter film okay uh kind of cool okay so so this is the one that came out in like was it the 70s uh 80s i 80s? think 80s okay 70s or 80s oh wait i think it was 79 i think it was released in 79 yeah okay 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 in alien have you seen alien i think so well this, i'm gonna say yes okay movie ends i'm gonna spoil it there uh-huh. is a self-destruct sequence that happens okay they decide they need to blow up the ship to get rid of the alien yeah other spaceships that you like we have encountered spaceships a lot right in sci-fi there's a lot of spaceships sure we have all accepted the self-destruct mechanism in spaceships for too long because if i'm getting Ooh. on a mode of transportation and i find out there is a self-destruct mechanism i am promptly getting off that mode of transportation <laughs> Like if I'm on a plane to Phoenix, Arizona, and the pilot's like, eh, we're doing all great up here. Haven't even had to touch the self-destruct button." I'm like, "Hold <laughs> on, there is a self-destruct okay. button." This is this is a good, well, okay. On its surface, this is a good point, but I, but but we'll see if it stands up to scrutiny. Because um, you're right that I've never considered the. Th- like that things have self destruct in like the stories that i that i encounter. Yes. The it's the self destruct is not necessarily even limited to spaceships, of course. Oh yeah, it's in a lot of things. It's in a lot of stuff, Luke. <laughs> Can you name a single real life thing that was designed with a self destruct button? Uh, I feel like no, even like military stuff I don't th- like Okay, military stuff, they do have, like, self-destruct kind of capabilities because they well, don't want enemy combatants to take it over. I, I I agree with that, but I feel like I always hear about them, like, staging missions to go, like, blow up something that mm. they have left behind. Not, like, a, like just press the self-destruct button. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think it's fairly rare. I think it is fairly rare. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay yeah um it's but it's in a lot it's in a lot of it's in a lot of the stories we consume it's such an important part of a lot of stories that you can just kind of like hit a button and do a sequence of numbers and suddenly your big dangerous thing is on a path to blowing itself up like e- nothing does that literally nothing i can think of does that right oh man this is big actually <laughs> I assume the reason that we don't actually put the self-destruct button in there is that it would, I don't even, I don't think accidentally get pressed because obviously you can put safeguards against that. Yeah. But like, (laughs) but like purposefully get pressed incorrectly. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Right. And like, I don't know. I feel like we have ways of blowing stuff up. I like. I feel like the default. If you're not, if you don't know what's going on with a thing, is it will blow up if it's dangerous and could blow up. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we almost don't need a self destruct button. We just need mm. to either put somebody in charge who doesn't know what they're doing, or tell the person who does know what they're doing, hey, make this blow up. I don't feel like you need a special button and sequence right. to go through. That's like this is the self destruct sequence. Like I feel like we shouldn't have that. Right. Like if you if you gave me a plane mm-hmm. and we're like. Make sure this can't fly. You have like five minutes. Um, I, maybe I could. I don't know. Could I do that? Uh, I f- feel like five minutes might not be enough time, but I could figure it out pretty quick. Oh yeah, easy. <laughs> I'd say easy. Dan's great at at breaking planes and right. things like that. Right. Yeah. Yes. This is a good point. And and especially if you're the ca- if you're the pilot and you know the plane intimately, I get I'm breaking that thing real quick. Yeah. Give me two seconds. I've broken it. I've done. I've done it. And like so actually this 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 is actually more of a philosophical philosophical question now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where does that count as a self-destruct? Like if there's a button on there that if you press at the wrong time, it breaks. Mm-hmm. Do you consider that a self-destruct button? Oh, you're saying they all do have self-destruct buttons. You just have to know which one it is. It's just like not... Oh. Right? There's something that plays double duty. It's not labeled. Duty. It's not labeled self-destruct. It's labeled like right. extend the rear flaps or something. And the right. But just if you knows. extend them at the wrong time, you're done. <laughs> so in effect, <laughs> it's kind of a self-destruct button. So you're saying there are potentially many self-destruct buttons on the transportation we take every day we just don't right we just don't hit them Ooh, actually luke okay okay <laughs> i agree with you here this this is an interesting argument i want to put this to the side i want to okay. put this because i think you're right Ooh, interesting thought let's come back to the main crux of the the thing that i want to talk about which is there why do we keep putting buttons on things that anybody can hit it and it's like oh yeah this button gonna blow the whole thing up this button right here will accomplish that thing you want to do for (laughs) some reason which is it's all gonna blow up like sure i feel like nuclear power plants in movies have a self-destruct sequence too and it's like what what (laughs) possible reason would you have to design this into the thing right this is literally like the case that we would want this to happen is literally none. Like, we cannot think of a single <laughs> instance where we're like, you know, we actually do want to blow up that nuclear reactor slash submarine slash spaceship. Like, no, that's the right. last thing we want to happen ever, right? This is such a good point that I honestly wonder if there's like laws against self-destruct buttons <laughs> and these types of things. <laughs> Why would they need them? Why would they? Why would you need a law to be like, oh, I'm designing a new submarine. I can't put a (laughs) self-destruct Someone's considering it. Someone's going to consider it. They're like, someone's building a a nuclear submarine. Uh Uh-huh. And they're like, I've seen a lot of these things have self-destruct buttons, right? They're just Google. And then Google comes up, do not put self-destruct because there's a law against it. Boom. Oh, you're saying problem solved. It's not even a question at that point right um here's the because i feel like there's some i feel like there's some people out there that are that are building whatever and they just need that bump to be like i shouldn't do it (laughs) right right they're they're on the fence they're like it could be cool oh nope i don't want to go to jail can't do it oops Mm -hmm. um okay i like this I like this. I'm going to have to... We're going to have to do some research to see if the self-destruct button is mm-hmm. illegal. Um, yep. Look, there's another big issue with the self-destruct button that isn't really talked a lot about. I mean, it's it's sometimes a plot point, but often not. Um, okay. If somebody... Okay. In our current world, if I want to fuck shit up, I have to bring my own explosives, right? I've got to bring my own thing because it's just like how it works, right? <laughs> yeah yes (laughs) if there's just a button i can hit that's like oh yeah shit's gonna blow up now that's a design flaw that's a major design like if i'm a spy on a nuclear submarine and i'm like Mm. time for this sub to go to the bottom it's so easy for me to do it if there's a button to press it's like oh i just got to steal the captain's key turn this little knob hit this one button i don't need to know anything else just this button and then it's like oh yeah it's going down right i mean in like in effect i think i think that this is basically the reason that we don't have self destruct buttons cuz like know. the the amount of times that they would be used when we don't want them or like an order of magnitude higher than the amount of times we want them to be used yes i think correctly. this this is the biggest issue for me is like there is maybe one in a billion chance you would need to use it And it would Mm -hmm. actually get used like one in a million times accidentally or not. Yeah. And it was just like, just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. (laughs) The fact that it's here means it's being used. Stop it. Right. Right. It's also just so tempting. It it is incredibly tempting, Luke. And I imagine that's why they don't have them on planes because the pilots get a little (laughs) bored up there. And it's like, hey, passengers, we're going to do a quick vote uh who wants me to hit the self-destruct button on this baby could be fun is it real i don't know we're flying into cleveland ohio who would love for me to hit this self-destruct go ahead and hit your call light hit your call light if you want me to do it (laughs) yeah yeah it would it would it would get used a little bit too frequently i will say um coming to a tesla near you oh elon are you are you listening elon working on it get that self-destruct get that self-destruct happening i think so i think so before we we move on quick question how Uh was uh how was alien on film uh very cool very cool definitely recommend it got to watch the projector switch over to the to the different projector if you've ever seen inglorious bastards you know a little bit about how projecting film works uh that's kind of how it works it was cool very cool. Very cool. We love that. Mm-hmm. Way cooler than my when I bought it off of Amazon. Uh yeah. Um yeah. It was. <laughs> okay. Uh listeners let us know if you have anything with a self-destruct button, but we're going to move to the book. Um like I said, Tress of the Emerald Sea by Brandon Sanderson up to part 4. And I do appreciate so far, just broadly, that we have moved beyond. Or or Brandon has assumed that anyone that is reading this book is already intimately familiar with the Cosmere. With with Hoyd, you mean? With Hoyd. Yeah. Yes. I love that there's no, he's like, of course, of course, no one's just picking this book up randomly. (laughs) Well, it's like a secret book, right? No way somebody goes to a bookstore and is like, Hmm, what's the first Brandon Sanderson I should read? Maybe this little secret book he's been working on that hasn't, he hasn't marketed to anybody. Maybe I'll start there. <laughs> right, right. Um, so so, so I, I, do, I do like that. I do like that. The writing style is also very fun because it's from, from our boy. Uh, speaking of the writing style, Luke, I have a question for you, actually. Okay. Do you think that this is a real thing? Or do you think this is Hoyd telling a story? Hoyd likes to tell stories that are clearly like in the um Stormlight archive, Hoyd mm-hmm. tells a lot of stories that are pretty mythical stories right. that are like don't seem like they actually happened. Do you think that this is a story that actually happened mm. in the way that he's telling it it's a good it's a good question um. It's also it's also a funny question when you think more deeply about it, because you're asking me if the story within the fictional story that I'm reading is true. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say it's real. Interesting. Eileen, no. Eileen, okay. that this this is a story Hoyt is telling to like Kaladin or somebody. Okay. And it's okay. it's like uh he they need a little boost. They need a little insight about the power of true love to accomplish some some task you're right i didn't realize how ridiculous that question sounded though until i until you mentioned it that's absurd (laughs) um no i think it's i think it's a good question i think it's good uh but yeah i i lean towards real i would i would appreciate it if at the end of this it just uh (laughs) we zoom out and it's like a child that Hoyt is talking to yeah in telling this whole story um it's so, there's so an interesting choice to make him himself uh look look very bad but let's get let's get to the start here okay. um yeah so we're we're starting on this island mm-hmm. um that tress has been born on and every no one no one that's born on the island can leave mm-hmm. it's, it seems it's the rule yeah, yeah. Um They're pretty before strict we about it. pretty pretty strict about it. Before we get to all of the all of the all of the more like complicated details. Uh huh. I just want to say the little relationship between Tress and Charlie. So heartwarming. Yeah, for sure. It's adorable. It's just it's very adorable. We only get like a very short interactions with them mm-hmm. before before like everything goes goes poorly, mm-hmm. but just a delight, oh, I'm yeah, ruin for these kids, yeah, me too. These are two kids put in situations that are out of their control, but they're still mm-hmm. making the best of it. Clearly, they care for each other a lot. Send in cups, Charlie send in cups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, adorable. <laughs> we love it. We do, we do love it. Um, Once you, when you're describing and have like names for all of the different smiles of a person, it's a lot. Mm. You know, it's real. That's real love. That's that's correct. (laughs) Also, there's not. It doesn't sound like there's a whole lot to do on this rock. So I imagine you got a lot of time on your hands. Right. Um. But let's. Okay. Can we talk about the the rock situation? let's yes so more broadly the ocean of course is not water it is very dangerous spores mhm and the spores are essentially like deactivated by two things silver and salt yes as far as, i don't know if there's other things but those are the two main ones that we've seen so far those are the ones that they have said deactivate the spores right and the big thing about this island, or at least one of the big things, is big salt mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to think very valuable. No? For sure. No, oh, yeah, it seems valuable. Yeah. It's just interesting to me that we've like made it that we haven't, I don't know, made the place nice. Luke, it's a frickin' salt mine. What do you mean make it nice? It, it's a okay. What do you, it's a salt, what it, why is a salt mine bad? It's a hole in the ground. Do you know what a salt I realize, mine? Is, Luke, I realize that there's the the that this is like the common saying of like working the salt mines or whatever and that that's bad. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I conceptually understand that the actual work of getting the salt out of the salt mine is bad. Yes. Yeah. I don't see why the rest of the place has to be bad. Okay. First of all, it's not terrible. There are some lovely things around. Okay. Like they make good beer. Okay? So <laughs> one guy one guy makes good don't beer. Don't forget that one guy makes good beer. Second, <laughs> it seems like it's not a very big thing. Like it's barely an island. Right. So the salt mine is gonna take up a lot of that space. What do you, what do you like they don't have room for a like, at a theme park anywhere. They're not putting up a roller coaster on the island anywhere. There's, like, okay. brewery, salt mine, housing for the people who work there in the mine and support those people, and then, like, the Duke or whatever. That Yeah. That seems like it's kind of all the space they have on this rock. I mean, I yes, I agree with you. I think that the point... Maybe maybe I need to elaborate a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. So the value of the salt is very high. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like in our like obviously in our world salt is like not but like in this case I I don't know what to put a number on it but it seems like I mean on par with silver. Mm, I wouldn't say it's that valuable, but but it's. I think it's probably more value way more valuable than salt in our world because you can't get it from the ocean in their world, right? Right. And I mean like way, way more valuable. Cause first cause like supply is more constrained because mm-hmm. you can't get it from the ocean. But also just like the use is incredibly important. Oh, Luke, I just had a thought related to this. We're gonna go on a tangent for a second. Okay. Are they recycling the salt? <sighs> are are we in a dune situation where they're like the salt that leaves your body must get recycled into the salt forever for all Mm, i guess it i think it probably depends on this gets back to the value of the salt but also the quantity of the salt Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yeah is the is the recycling technology that we have is it too is it cost prohibitive Mm -hmm. compared to just getting it out of the mine? Seems like yes. It seems like they're just maybe, mining more. Maybe maybe other places that are really far away from any any salt mine. Maybe that maybe that sweat is getting collected. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the salt. Let's get back to the salt. Anyway, so so considering that the there's less supply and also the use is in, insanely important. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of value to this salt. Such to the point where, like, the island itself is incredibly important, I think. Like, strategically. It is strategically important. That's why no one is allowed to leave, right? The king has said, we need to occupy this island. Right. I feel like the salt is only very important for the people that live on little islands like this. Like, imagine if your island's really big. Mm -hmm. In the middle of your island... I mean, the spores aren't. I don't think the spores are gonna go that far inland. Sure, I th- I guess that's true. We would to be. We'll have to see, like, what other land masses are like. Mm-hmm. Like, if there are giant land masses, or if like most places are relatively small islands. But I see your I see your point. Um, we also don't know how rare these salt mines are, so there might be, hmm. there might be a lot of them. Okay, sure. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overrating the value of the salt mine. Um. I but but my main point was going to be essentially that if it's incredibly like strategically important for your like kingdom, yeah, I feel like there's there's more to be done. I agree. There's more with to you. be done. Here. I well, if it's that important, I feel like the local economy should be supporting it to be nicer, right? Like just pay. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be valuable so like right. don't maybe don't extract all that wealth and ship it to the king maybe feed it back into the local economy for once at least at least a little bit fund the schools man come on <laughs> <laughs> at least fund the schools <laughs> anyway speaking of funding the schools luke we've heard about pelicans and gulls right uh very briefly yes what the fuck are these things eating Okay. This is a good question. There's no fish. No, it's not a water ocean. There's nothing that swims in it. Right. Whew. What are the gulls eating? What? Uh. <laughs> Brandon, I need an answer to this question. <laughs> you can't just have seagulls flying around and not not have food for them. Right. There's not enough there's French nothing- fries in this world for the seagulls to be sustained, okay? <laughs> Maybe bread. Maybe there's some crumbs. A lot of crumbs. Um, yes, this is a good question. Because, like, everything aso- every food-related item associated with the sea is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, any, any aquatic plants out completely. Um, mm. And, like there are pelicans because they're used in like a metaphor or a simile or some like figure of speech earlier in the right section. What, what is a pelican scooping up into its mouth? Like are, is a pelican filling up with spores. What's happening. This, this is actually, this is, I, we need, we should have gone and seen what the actual like figure of speech was, mm-hmm. but they can't exist. Unless there's, an, unless there's a crazy explanation. Because, like, the way that these beings, these animals, yeah. have developed is specifically for the way that they eat, Correct. Right? Correct. So you can't just change their food source. But maybe they just—oh, hey, hang on. Here's the thing. Okay. We're calling them pelicans. We haven't seen one. Okay. All right. We're pulling one of these, huh? Well, Hoyd— Already did this with d- the word he, dog. He did do right? this with the word dog. Damn it, Hoyd! So there's a chance that we learned that, like Doug, uh, pelicans and gulls are another word that just keeps coming, keeps coming up. Okay, all right, Hoyd. We're <laughs> gonna have to see. My only, the only thing I could come up with for this was that maybe the pelicans all have sick grills. That deactivate the spores, and they just eat spores all day long. They eat spores, sure, but then that begs the question of like, what are spores? Tech like. Mm, I'm I'm glad you asked, Luke. Okay. So something you haven't mentioned yet is that the spores, if they come in contact with water, they have a super significant change that undergoes them and the green spores start sprouting like tons of vines like instantly sprout a bunch of vines um we've seen like red ones that form crystal we've seen blue ones that are like uh have a puff of air that like Mm -hmm. blast a puff of air and this all happens when they come in contact with water if they're still active if they haven't been deactivated yet by salt or silver right um luke you know what's scarier than a scarier than a than a ghost in a fog? What's that? These freaking spores, man! <laughs> you know what's scarier than a ghost who knows my real name? <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're back to pirates, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, right, we did come back to pirates quicker than quicker than expected. Sure. These spores are scary as shit. These spores are tough. These spares are very, uh, it's, it's a hazardous life out here. Mm. Hmm. Um, and I, whenever we get a new thing like this, I always wonder what kind of research has been done, right? You always (laughs) have to ask what are, how are people investigating this stuff? And clearly they're thinking about it for war because the cannons, right? think about it but tress is like walking across these spores to the pirate ship Mm -hmm. they're getting in her shoes and the whole time i'm like okay she's got to be dead because my feet are sweating so much (laughs) i'm so nervous right now my feet are just (laughs) dripping with sweat yeah yeah and she has this thought she's like i hope i hope i'm not sweating enough to cause this to pop off uh You don't know? You've got to know (laughs) how much water it takes, right? Oh, I see what you mean. So you're saying, like, if you live in this world, you should essentially know, like, the line. Of, like, almost every action. Yeah. Yeah, you should be able like, the spores are all around you. You've got some water. Do a little basic testing to be like, literally, how much water does it take to activate a spore? Well, it seems like... Uh, basically well it can't be zero like there God, is this, an amount actually i'm gonna say because now 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 we're doing the thing where we start to do the proposed research questions right <laughs> okay look, propose us a research question is it the molecule water or is it liquid water oh whoa what happens with ice what happens with ice what happens with water vapor Oh, this is such a good question. How does it know if it's vapor or liquid? <laughs> oh, no. So, um yeah. Oh, man. And then and then and then Luke, what if you dissolve something in the water? Like what if it's Kool-Aid or something and you just you just like No, 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 not Kool Aid. Two liquids. One of them is water. The other is like ethanol or something. And you just. They're miscible. They're miscible. Yep. And you just slowly lower the amount of water. Like, does that affect it? Oh, you're saying if the mole fraction of water and ethanol gets down to like 0.01? Yeah. What if there's just one mole of water, like one molecule of water and a bunch of ethanol? Like, is it just the presence of water in the liquid or is. Like, is there a reaction that's happening with the water? Mm-hmm. I mean, the big question here, I think, that we're getting at is, is there like a chemical mm-hmm. thing that's happening or is it, a, is it a magic thing? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> because if it's a magic thing, you can do like the idea of water. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I feel like that might answer a lot. This, this also, I was going to ask a little bit about how the deactivation process happens. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so it seems like salt deactivates it, and so they have a little salt in their water. Oh, actually, hold on. Whoa. Whoa. I'm, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Because we're talking about sweat here. Right. So it's going to be deactivated, right? Sweat's got salt in it. Well, I... Uh, no, because she says this. I know. This is why I'm... Okay. Okay, but here's the other thing, Luke. If it gets in your eyes, it also pops off. Your tears are salty. What's happening? Right. Let's show, okay. Let's work on this. Um, okay. How does the deactivation process happen? Do you think it's a? Fi- Do you think it's like like if if coming to just this this the salt like if we're doing sweat for y- example? Yes. You've got water and salt. Obviously, the the amount of water outnumbers the amount of salt. Correct. In this case, yes. There's a. It's a possible that maybe it's just like, oh, there's more water than salt. Dude, no, dude. I'm starting to question this whole thing. No, because then, no, because then, if it's chemical, right? If it's chemical, uh, it's going to hit the water before it hits. Uh, it's going to hit a water molecule before it hits a salt molecule yes. first. Yes, yes, But But listen, Luke, listen, Luke, we're negating the benefit of salt at all. What we're doing right now is we're saying, hey, the salt actually isn't valuable because, Luke, if they're putting it in their beverages to, like, mm-hmm. make them safe, the amount of salt you would have to put in would be saltier than your body right because the danger is like your bodily fluids can cause this reaction to happen your body the water in your body is not just water it's salty the water like your blood is salty your saliva is like has salt in it like your body has a lot of salt in the liquids it's not pure water that comes out of you correct and so if the water you're drinking is saltier than you it is not helping you did they say that it was helping you if you put salt in the water? They they all have... Well, ooh, okay, okay, okay. Now, this could be Dan reading into the text that they added salt to the water to keep it safe from the spores. I thought I, they said right. this. I remember them talking about adding salt to the water, but I wasn't sure if that actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did it. I thought that it did, but it might. it might just be a I, thing they do. I think, I think there's no way because for another thing, they talk specifically about how like it, it works or like it happens when it hits any of your body's moisture. Correct. So it can't work that way. Right. So like, what is salt even doing? In liquid. Salt in liquid. Sure. Yeah. Dissolved salt. Dissolved salt. I don't think it's doing anything. No. No, it's got too low of a like we were talking about too low of a mole fraction in the solution. <laughs> That's correct. That's what I'm assuming. Um, okay, hmm. where were we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about these spores. I've I I've, mm. I also have a question about these spores though. Yeah. The. They seem so good. Like, what I mean by that is, we see that they are useful for a lot of things. Yes. We have these green spores. You can add a little bit of water and suddenly you get like a massive vine, just like a huge amount of biomass for a tiny amount of liquid. And these spores Mm. are literally all around you. Mm Mm-hmm like, the building projects should be insane, right? I agree, The ma- yes. The material, like, what... Go out onto the sea, build these cool tree houses from vines, and just, like, expand. <laughs> it's so easy to expand. <laughs> this is actually... Okay, this is really funny, because... Um, <laughs> what if you just water on the ocean. <laughs> it reacts in <laughs> all of the spores. Yeah, good question, Luke. I don't know. Uh, I feel like I don't. I don't. The, okay. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the spores are continue or continuously falling from the moon. Yes. Yes. So, so I don't think there's really a benefit in doing this. Okay. Sure. I will say. I don't want to move us away from from this specific poor to sport too quickly, but the one that explodes air is a cheat code. <laughs> yes, yes, it absolutely is. Um, but I honestly think the vine one is better. No. Okay. Okay. Go on. I think the vine one is better because uh, it is not only a cheap building material. Mm-hmm. It uh, you can make a lot of different. Materials out of vines like you can make thread rope textiles that production is essentially free and instant at that point it's just a labor cost at that point um right also vines are plant material i assume animals could eat you could find an animal that could eat the vines instant food for all your animals easy instant food and you know you always have a fire going there is literally always a fire going because it's like oh yeah we just have to go get some vines like it's easy <laughs> done sure sure i think the building material i think you might be overselling a little bit i think... Well, it depends because are, are these vines like are we getting to the level or like are we doing tree type like Are we getting wood out of this? This is a good question. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Because typically vines are plants that have another plant that they're associated with, right? Like, I mean, with grapevines, it's a little bit different. But a lot of like tropical vines are sort of parasites. They like climb up another thing. And actually, I think grapevines are like this too. It's just we've domesticated them. But they like climb up a big tree to get to the sun. Mm Mm-hmm. And these vines in the sea seem to be climbing up, like they create a tower for Tress to climb up. Right. There's got to be some structure. Like there's a structure to that, right? There is some structural stability to that. Okay, correct. Yes. yes. Ah, that that raises so many questions that I don't think we can get into. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but i I think that's I think that's fair. I I want to well okay let, let's let's just those are good yeah make me the, the case other for ones the blue that we've ones. heard of are also the blue ones what this is the only, this is essentially how like all of our energy runs oh, right oh yeah you're actually I mean they've so already done right. it for making cannons how many how many uh spore cars <laughs> out here. This We've, is just an internal combustion energy. You're so right. And we're using water instead of gas. It's so much better. Oh my gosh, it's, it's easy. so much better. <laughs> now, question this puff of gas is that pure CO2 Uh-oh. because we're going to run into an issue <laughs> that I'm familiar with. <laughs> oh, I hope not. Oh, For their <laughs> sakes, I hope not um it's actually just pure yeah. high, like fluoro fluorocarbons just, <laughs> just yeah just straight cfc's yeah it's just it, cfc's yeah yeah the air gets really cold around there too great refrigerator material good um, reference um, anyway good reference yeah thank you um anyway it's it's a good one what are the, so we've seen these three right those two and then the red one mm-hmm. which the red one seems really good also as building material, yes, yes. Um, I my only question with the vines, my only concern with the vines is maybe it's like the red ones where it degrades over time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, and like, maybe they aren't quite as useful as we're thinking. Uh, but well, they for one thing they have to degrade over time because they're living. Oh sure, 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 sure. Thanks. Yes. Yes. Um, but there's also the spores on the like Midnight Sea, I think, Mm -hmm. which we don't know what they do. Right. I think there's a few, there's, there's 12 total. Is that correct? Because there's 12 moons. Oh, I would guess, I would assume so. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Hopefully we see, hopefully we see them all. There's going to be what, there's a couple of these places that have figured out to actually use the spores and they're the... (laughs) they're the good ones that's what the sorceress is doing right right that's why the king is so scared to go to war because he's like they made they made <laughs> they made cell phones how did they make cell phones out of their spores <laughs> right we're getting we'll get there though we'll get there yeah All right. i don't know i think they're stuck with vines soon. pretty soon it's coming Um, okay. We haven't gone too much into the actual, like, well, (laughs) we've talked about the world a lot. We haven't gone into the storyline very Uh much, Uh um, which I actually don't have a ton about, um, other than just a few, a few characters. Yeah. Um, like the rat. Yeah. The talking rat. The talking, the talking rat. I do like that. We just haven't, it's like not that big of a question. Like people find it interesting, but it's like, oh, it's a talking rat. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, magic seems to be a real thing. Yes, because Hoyt says he was cursed by the sorceress. I mean, her name is the sorceress. True. Yeah. Um, what are the odds the rat is Charlie? <laughs> didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards no, but, but I, it's, 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 it's an interesting guess. Mm -hmm. I put the odds at 30%. 30%. That's pretty good. It's pretty high. Um, but the, the big guy, the, the main person that I actually want to talk about is who we were recently introduced to, which is the doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget his exact name, but he's. Some some being on the level of Hoyd, I think. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and my my main question around this is, he offers to change her eyeballs out. Yes. You taking it? <laughs> oh, I'm taking it. Yeah. Well, I mean, depending on the eyes. Yeah, important questions need to be asked. But I'm well, not okay, saying here's, no offhand. Here's, here, right. It's not an offhand th- thing. So. Obviously, you're ex- you're only exchanging eyes if the ones are better than yours. Yes. Is it like marginally better, right? On a scale of a hundred, uh, if your eyes are fifty, uh-huh. and you find some eyes that are like fifty-one, yeah. Are you are you changing them out, or are you only holding out for like much better? I mean, obviously, this depends on like the recovery time and how painful the procedure is. Sure. Let's assume it's quick. Let's assume it's easy. Um. Oh, what's the number? Okay, if my eyes are 50, what number am I... What, how high does it have to go before I'm like, yeah, swap these things out? Ooh. Right. And obviously this is super simplified because they can, they can be better in much different ways. Yeah. I'm going to say that it's just... When I think of better, I'm, gonna, I, I'm thinking of the function. I'm thinking of being able to see better. Okay. Not, not prettier eyes, no. you're saying? No, no, no. Okay. All eyes are beautiful. You just have to know what to look for. Luke, come on. Of course. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying 60. 60? Okay. 10 points better. I'm taking it. What if they're... What if they're... (laughs) We don't have to get too far into the details on this, Uh but if we're doing two categories of functional versus aesthetic, Uh what if they're like functionally a little bit better, but look just janky for whatever reason oh um i um, it's like these have better night vision but um but you always you you will consistently look like you're not looking at someone in the eyes like when you look at someone (laughs) it looks like you are totally zoned out maybe that's what it is yeah yeah yeah. you always look like like, you're zoning out yeah, they're like glossy glassy. Yeah, exactly. They look they look like sheep eyes. Like there's nothing going on behind them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, that does bump up my number quite a bit. I've they've got to be 80, 80 or 90 for me to just look like a, a complete buffoon to look like I've got nothing to look like I've got air rattling around behind my eyeballs. It's got to yeah. be pretty, pretty practical. Yeah. This, yeah, okay, I, I think, I think that's correct. I think we're, I think what we're learning is you initially said that you were cared more about practical. I don't know, <laughs> Luke. See, this is, this is why it's not just a podcast of one. I got to have you to ask these tough questions because otherwise I'm just gonna be like, well, oh, it's easy. I know we got to push. We got to push a little bit on these. What's what's your number? On these eyeballs? eyeballs. What's your number, Luke? Uh, I mean, again, I think that we have to. Uh, when it gets down to the details is, is really where it matters. I'm not super attached to like, I don't feel a personal attachment to my eyes as much as I feel like a lot of people do. Mm. So I feel like my number is probably smaller. Oh, than okay. Most people. okay. Fair enough. Um, so I'm, I'm don't get me wrong. Great eyes over here. I, I agree. Luke. Thank you. Um, but I'll swap. I'll swap. <laughs> <laughs> What's the upgrade you're looking for? Let's let's take let's take vision out of it. Obviously, we all want twenty ten vision or whatever. So, I don't know, whatever it is, whenever Obama was president. That's right. yeah, I think that's how it works. Um, uh, okay, so in this world, dry eyes pretty useful actually. It's pretty lame. It's very lame. So, I don't think that's what I'm going for, but it's the first thing I thought of, yeah, but Luke, you already told us your threshold is pretty low for swapping out those peepers if If our zombie medic came up to you and was like, "Hey, I got some dry eyes kicking around over here. Do you want those? <laughs> Are you taking them? If they look the same as my eyes? No, it's like, no, they don't, but I'm not gonna say they look notably worse, but they're like. If I like <laughs> on a similar level, sure. I'll yeah. <laughs> swap Okay, real I'm quick. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. Less, less odds that I'm suddenly sprouting vines from my eyes. That's pretty good. Oh no, Luke. <laughs> okay. All but right. I feel like you're ta- you've taken away if you're if you're doing something about vision mm-hmm. that's like all of the functionality of eyes. You already talked about like night vision though. I'm not talking about seeing more clearly i'm talking about getting some upgrades i'm talking about getting a venom sack luke <laughs> dan is accepting the ridiculousness of how it looks if it will if it, he could have a venom sack for an eye <laughs> no i but i'm talking like the equivalent for eyes like i want to be a chameleon where i can look in two directions at once oh that's okay that's a good thing see, for dan this is an upgrade or like night vision I was yeah, going cool to say previously when we were talking about how the eyes could look bad I was going to say they look in different directions but you're saying that's a plus. If I can perceive in two different directions, if I can look over there and over there, that's a plus. Well, that's you need a software upgrade too, not just hardware okay. upgrade I think for that. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Maybe they can see in the UV and infrared a little bit too. Maybe I get more colors. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Ooh, more colors. Uh-huh. Okay. What about in a fashion sense? Okay, now we're back to... Luke. See, it's clear where Luke and my interest lies with this because Luke <laughs> is pushing us constantly to the aesthetic and I am constantly in the it's practical all, realm. It's all about aesthetic. Uh, I don't know why you're just taking... saying aesthetic is not practical, first of all. Okay, well, you know, fair, I guess. So <laughs> okay, what? we got to get off eyes. Let's get out of eyes. Um, what's, <laughs> what's next? Uh, Luke, I want to take us back in time on the pod okay do you on the remember, do you remember when we read shadows for silence in the forest of hell sure yeah do you remember the important element for keeping the shades out i mean i don't off the top of my head i mean a clear hint is it's the same in this one is it salt oh so close silver okay we had a fifty-fifty guess. You did, and we get, we whiffed it, Luke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, silver is a big deal in Shadows for Silence, in the Forest of Hell, and yes. also here. What's up with Brandon and silver? I mean, obviously, hmm. there's a historical like understanding of silver with like magic, and like that's how you kill werewolves, and it has some like special qualities, like folk qualities in our world. Right. Are these shades? Is this the same? Are these shades spores somehow? Are these connected? It's Okay, so this is a good question because, as we know, a lot of the Cosmere has has weird connections. Um, one thing I will say is that we, we haven't read the Mistborn series yet. Mm. And it's not a direct connection, but a lot of the magic is associated with specific metals in Mistborn. Mm-hmm. Um, now... This one feels a little bit more specifically with Shadows for Silence. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The other thing I was going to ask you that's kind of related. Uh huh. There's a thing about a certain group of people that left the world, this world, mm. a little bit earlier okay. in this section of the book Uh uh-huh there wasn't much made of it but um it's it's the people that had the language on the cup that she had yes the tablet thing oh well there's also the tablet people right tablet the people that brought the tablet to uh fort that are from a different place that Hoyd recognized the technology Yes, I know what you mean. I don't know if it's the same connection though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The 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 people that made the cup right got brought by their god to a different world. Yes. Oh wait a minute. Do you think these are the singers? I was going to wonder. Well, the other way, right? Because singers were the ones originally on. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, So it could be the humans that brought there. I don't know. Hmm. Some connections here. But there's something. There's something there. There's something there. We like this. Um, but I don't want to move away from your your point about silver. I just, Brandon is coming for our area of expertise right now. I feel like it's the one place where, and we've done it a little bit in this episode, but Luke and I are trained chemists. <laughs> if you didn't Not know to, that. That's correct. Yeah. If you didn't know that already. And this is like, right. We need to have something we can bring to the table here, Luke. If we're experts in anything, it's this right this is this is actually we should be good at this because you're a chemist and i'm like a water chemist specifically we should be crushing this right now we should be like here oh yeah yeah. yeah here's how this is working <laughs> we gotta we gotta keep it we'll, we'll figure it out i think by the end of this book i didn't know why brandon didn't call us up um i'm actually a little bit upset because we could have definitely helped with the world building right we would have consulted for, for sure yeah absolutely um but I think we are I think we are gonna develop like at least a couple you, you know, like our world has um <laughs> Newton's Newton's laws. I think we can come up with a few of these for this world by the end of the book. Okay, yeah. We'll come up with a theory for how it works. <laughs> a grand theory. A spore theory. Okay. That sounds nice. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. That's our that's our promise. That's our, are we going to say promise? That seems too strong. Uh, that's our goal. That's our plan. That's our, yeah. Yeah. It's good to have a goal. Okay. So actually, actually, I do want to ask you a little bit. I kind of couldn't quite understand the cannonball situation. Oh, okay. So there's two types of cannonballs. Yeah. One is the kind that is filled with water and is the kind that we do see get sent at Tress's ship, and they're extremely destructive. Mm -hmm. There's another kind that is apparently less destructive that they wanted to use that wouldn't sink the ship. And I didn't quite understand what that was. Okay. Yes. I think these are the same. First, I think these are the same cannonball. The difference is these cannonballs have a fuse in them. Okay. And depending on when you set the fuse, it's more or less destructive. So if you set the fuse for a short timer, the cannonball explodes and lets the water out before it hits the ship, causing the vines to come up and like grab onto the ship. Okay. And so in that sense, you're like catching the ship. And we see this happen when a cannonball misses and goes over the ship and hits the... spores on the other side it explodes the water like releases and the vines kind of grab the ship a little bit sure that's the like non-destructive normal pirate way to do things Mm -hmm. the first cannonball that hits the ship the fuse is on a longer delay so it punches into the ship and then lets the water out and so then when the spores get in the vines like go up through the ship and destroy it okay okay and and this is the big like conflict i think on the pirate ship is that it's they're being sabotaged they they want to do the first one where they just catch the ship in the vines and then can steal stuff yeah but the cannon master is sabotaging the cannon balls so that they will kill everyone on board okay 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 that's what i think that's that sounds that sounds right man okay it's a lot of trust though you know what i mean like Mm. i feel like it takes so much skill to not sink a ship yes oh for sure oh absolutely yeah 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 like extremely easy to sink a ship I mean, Much I would say extremely to. easy, but like way easier it's, to I, sink a ship than to catch a ship. It seems so easy to sink a ship. If you miss with the cannonball, like this, like if you miss by a little bit, right? Mm hmm. Th- then you've probably trapped them. Mm in some way. I I feel like even if you miss, there's a decent chance that you, like, cause something bad beyond just trapping them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. It seems like becoming a, one of the dead-enders, or, or whatever the term that they use is, um, could happen very easily by accident. Right. Right. And I will say, Luke, the fact that they don't have a pirate flag is a big issue and should have mm. been a i mean pun kind of intended red flag to all of these people because right. a big part of being a pirate is like you just put the flag up and they know the deal they're like okay well, i don't want to fight so like right just come on over we'll give you all our shit right i mean beyond this like so so the crew in theory thinks that this whole thing happened by accident, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they were meaning to not kill everybody and they ended up killing everybody, yeah, except for one. <laughs> it's the, like the crew should figure this out, right? I think they kind of, uh, hmm, I'm trying to figure out if they know or not. I think they might know, okay. Um, because the captain pulls out a gun and starts shooting people, right? <laughs> Right, like, and leaves one alive. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, uh, hey, Captain Crow, I see you've done a great job of killing everyone. Could you kill the last one, please, so that maybe <laughs> we can, you know, have our lives back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I agree with you that, that they have to know already. I mean, it does seem like the one guy um, that uses the whiteboard Yes. Yeah. 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 So, Um, we'll have to see what the captain has over them. It sounds like yeah. it's something pretty bad. Yeah. Maybe there's a self-destruct button in the, in the ship. I hope <laughs> she knows the code for it. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either that or, or maybe she has the same, uh, bomb that the guy in the RL aspect, The exact same bomb. Right. <laughs> oh, that would be a cool crossover. Except it's water this time. Mm, pretty dangerous. That's right. That's right. Um Luke, I I was worried we were gonna leave our pirates when Tress came up with this brilliant, honestly brilliant plan to get off the ship. Mm-hmm. i was a little worried because it seemed like that's a i mean you got to take that when you got that opportunity tress get out of there um yeah but i i appreciate her choice to stick with our pirates mostly because i want to hear more about these pirates <laughs> i'm kind of into <laughs> the these pirates, pirates are pirates. very intriguing <laughs> um, and the zombie guy there's a lot of weird stuff going on on this boat right it's very all this weird it's very interesting and i imagine no because she gets on the ship with the smugglers and it's just like bad they have oh well actually what they have a talking rat i forgot what (laughs) right look let's really quickly count it so so the previous one had the talking rat right Mm -hmm. and we're smugglers but i think that's really Well, we weren't on there for very long, but that's all we know of the crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. This ship has Hoyd, for one thing. Yes. Uh, The doctor guy. Yeah. uh, Who's very weird. Um, They have the whiteboard thing. Am I missing more? Well, Fort is also just like way bigger than anybody else. Fort, I feel like, is an anomaly himself for that's true very big boy um also the just like the sweetest shipmaster that ever was been on the high seas that's true unnaturally sweet yeah yeah that's correct um man and also the absolute worst cook in the history of the world He's, he's trying his best luke it's it's come on it's it's not that hard. It is so hard to mess up hash browns though. Yeah. How how are you making the texture this bad? Yeah, but spend a little bit of time with it. <laughs> Trial and error a little bit. Come on. I don't know. Anyway. Um Luke, I'm I'm excited to have to find out what happens more with these pirates. Um mm-hmm. I am looking forward to sailing these these seven seas or i guess 12 seas 12 spore C's. <laughs> right. these 12 spore seas with these pirates um, right a curious curious what's going to happen with our zombie guy curious about the rat very curious about the rat yeah yeah for sure for sure and uh we'll be coming up with a theory some kind of theory for what's going on and for that we'll have to be dumb nerds